Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Woman to Woman, um, which is our spinoff segment to Is It Just Me, the podcast. This is our second episode. It is part two of the relationship conversation. Um, Please go and and watch the first one. It's on Facebook Live. Um, Is It Just Me, the podcast? I think we've shared it just about everywhere. Um, And you can also listen to that episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, any place where you get your podcast. I think it's Google Podcasts for all y'all Android people. Um, All the shade when I say that. (laughs) Um, So um, yeah, this is our second episode. Um, The first episode was really good. We had some really good conversations before and after and during the podcast. Um, So we'll hopefully be doing this even more with more topics and um, just any questions or comments that you have, definitely leave them in the comment section on Facebook and we will try and talk to them, talk about them and answer your questions through this episode. Um, With the Young Adults Ministry, we're still doing a lot. Every time I come on here, we say we're doing a lot and we're still doing a lot. This Saturday at 10 a.m., we have the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer. I'm going to talk and learn how to talk today. Um, The Breast Cancer Walk downtown um, at 10 a.m. We'll be walking in the name of um, all of the survivors of breast cancer from Christian Community Living Word and New Revelation. Um, we're having our fall fest on October 29th. Um, we need candy donations and we need trunk donations, decorate your cars, come out, have a good time with us, hand out candy, um, get all dressed up for Halloween and enjoy some candy and food and games with us. Um, and the new revelation, we had our last service last Saturday, um, which was really good. Um, our next service is October 23rd at 11 AM. And then, since October is a little bit of a wonky month. Um, We have, I think it's five Saturdays this month. So we won't have service again until November 13th. Um, So the October 23rd um, service is actually going to be a prayer walk. Um, We're going to walk the neighborhood um, of Windsor Village and just pray and engage with the community. Um, And then we also have our Bible study every first and third Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Zoom. Um, We're working through the book Urban Apologetics by Christopher Brooks. Um, So you can get that on Amazon and anywhere you buy your books for the most part. Um, It's a really, really good study. We've had some great conversations. So if you are interested in that, definitely join in with us. So now that we've done all of that, um, gotten all the church announcements out the way, um, as you all can see, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we have the wonderful women that were here with us last week talking about singleness. So this week we're going to be talking about the next step to that, if that's what you choose, marriage. Um, and before um, we kind of get started, I know Miss Keeley had talked about um, she was reading um, our women's Bible study book, Kingdom Woman, um, and she had read something that she think would, thinks will be um, good for just kind of closing up the talk about singleness that we had last week. So I will let you go ahead. All right. Thank you so much. Um, So I I was uh, doing my study and I was came across this and I know we talked about it. And so I thought this was important to bring up. Um, One of the things it says, I'm just going to read a few of the clips. It says, um, and this is Kingdom Women, um, Tony Evans. And it says, one of the points Paul brought up, Um, is that the marriage you should have become bound to the other's expectations and needs. You can't go where you want to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry. I skipped a a part. Let me go back. Being a Christian single is a unique and high calling. 
Scripture has not ignored the subject. And in this chapter on a kingdom woman and her family, I want to make sure that we don't ignore the subject either. Over the years, I have encountered many singles who fall into one of the two categories. Either they are frustrated as they wait for what they believe is their true purpose, a married relationship, or they jump too early into an unhealthy relationship so that they live dissatisfied with what they have. And then um, it goes on to say, um, Paul um, encourages singles to realize that they can and should be both satisfied and fulfilled in their higher purpose. It says uh, um, that being a Christian single is a unique high calling. Yeah, thought that I thought that was good. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's like a, um, I had a devotion on my phone um, on the Bible app that talks about singleness, and it said just that, like the Bible talks about singleness so much, and um, and it's really just a time to devote yourself really to God in that point and mm-hmm. take all that free time to really use it towards you know building your walk and your faith in God. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. Have we gone through that chapter? Already with the Bible, with the women's Bible study? Yes. Okay. I was like, because it sounds They're, they're going to pick it up next month because it was so good that they didn't want to rush to it. So okay. we'll be still talking about it next month. All right. And then Christian Community and Living Word has a women's Bible study every first, was it first or second? Second. Second Monday, 630, um, 6.30 on Zoom if you want to be a part of that as well. It's, it's pretty good. Um, so, you know, that I think that was a good closure to the to the singleness talk and today um in talking with marriage um I wanted to kind of walk us through just the stages of quote-unquote getting married in marriage um just kind of start first starting with engagement so one of my first questions um just about engagement is a little lightweight question of is is just how did you know when to say yes for those of the women here that are married how did you know when to say yes I knew I wasn't going anywhere else. (laughs) So it was a very easy way for me. I mean, him and I have been together for a while, and it was just time to take it to the next step. Okay. I'm trying to think, do I answer the the truth? I mean, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because of his character, and, and I agree, I wasn't going anywhere, and it was either, I had this, um, thought of I'm not playing house and either I'm going to do it or I'm not so that was my kind of made my decision and because I mean he showed me he was consistent and I thought about that with with God and I had been through relationships and I thought what is it that is different and with God he's consistent and so that's what I looked at in him he was consistent so interesting. So have you been or anybody been in a relationship where you really loved the person, been with the person for a long time and maybe felt like as much as you love that person, that person may not be the person you should marry? And then if so, what did you do when they actually popped the question or if they did? Yeah, have you ever said no? I have. Ooh. <laughs> Tell us about you saying no. Yeah, because... I mean, I was young. Um, the person 
I believe, asked me to marry him because he did not want me to go to college. He did not want me to um, be with anybody else. He didn't want me to be able to experience anybody else, so it was out of fear. Um, he was my first love. I do air quotes now because you couldn't tell me then that I did not love him, but looking back over life, you know, he was my first um, true relationship, let's just say that, where I cared deeply on a, I loved him on a young person's level of love maturity, right? Um, and so as much as I wanted to be with him, as much as I felt like, you know, um, he was the one for me, I had to say no, and it was it was interesting because it was the character. I mean, he was he was um, had a violent tendency. You know how you like the little thug a little bit. When and so there were just certain signs. I mean, he didn't remind me of my father. He was the complete opposite of my father. And so even at that level, I knew that I wasn't ready to say yes. And then even later when he tried to um, ask me to marry him again, um, while I was in college, I, was, I actually had gotten pregnant and he wanted to raise my son, my child, it didn't my son, but at the time we didn't know if it was a boy or not, but my child is his and asked me again to marry him. I still said no, just because I knew that that wasn't the relationship that I wanted. Hmm. All right. I've never had that experience. I've never been asked, never gotten that far. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> okay, so is there, like, I guess, what, what do you all feel like the, that engagement period should be used for? Like, what are some things that people as individuals and as a couple should think about during that time? You've said, yes, you've agreed to this, all of the engagement parties, the pictures, all of this stuff is starting to roll. What are some things to help with the marriage, not just the wedding? I was going to say, I think a lot of people spend that time um, planning for the wedding mm -hmm. um, and not really planning for the marriage, but it's something that is not talked about. Um, I, looking back, I definitely wish I would have done different mm -hmm. um, and really planned for our future together, finances, livelihood, how are we going to live, like what's our five, make a five-year plan, um, discuss kids, discuss the dog, you know, all of those intricate things, getting to know each other, and I don't mean just like the dates like, you know, oh yeah, we went out on a date, no, like intricate conversations, deep conversations about who you are as a person, um, who should, like getting to know the family um, on a deeper level, because you don't just marry the person you're marrying the family. That's that's just what that is. Um, so I think that time should really be spent getting to know the other person um, and less time on planning the wedding, although that's fun to some people. Um, it's deeper than that because there's something that happens after that day, like you're now committed to another person and you have to make it work. Well, you don't have to, but most people want to make it work. Right. Yeah, and I would agree to that. I think that's a time for what you, what I call cleanup time. So I've not experienced that. But if you are that one, you get in, you get committed and engaged, and you know you're not going 
with anybody else you're solely that's when I think you start to uh, really gap that bridge where you um, like she said get acquainted f- talk about everything and I mean everything from sex to family to uh, their past um, their past relationships um, it's just so much you 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 need to know and yeah, the the planning the wedding and all that stuff but that is so far from the engagement that way it's even if you have to put it off some you you want to spend that time learning one another and then watching one another's character because I'm gonna tell you one thing about it you can be cool together but watch how people act away from each other or with their friends with their mothers and fathers and significant others because if they flare up and go crazy with their mom or dad or sister or brother mm, that's a red flag so yeah. you you have to be aware of everything you got to think you're getting ready you're planning on spending your life with this person every day mm-hmm. um so you gotta and, and like she said it's really important we do not talk about it we just oh i'm married i'm getting engaged i'm getting engaged yeah. how big is the ring da, da, da. and then we start going into i'm gonna wear this i'm gonna do this but we never talk about anything else about the person or or do you really love each other are you getting along or is it something you really want to do are you ready right so I guess also talking with the time piece as well is that do you guys think that it's ever too long to be engaged? Because some people, one of my friends, she was her and her fiance were engaged for maybe like three plus years or so, and she would call me and say, "Oh, people keep asking me when am I getting married? When am I going to get married?" And she's like, "I want to take my time. Like I don't want to just." we're engaged and now six months later you're my husband like so many things can still change so many things need to be talked about prior to that so do you guys feel like there's too long of an engagement i was engaged for two years before um we actually got married um before we had the wedding um and no i think it's personal i think that's something you and your mate decide mm-hmm. not you and everybody else in their thought process on right and i think it goes back to the original question, which is what should you be doing in the meantime? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some house cleaning that needs to happen. There's a book um, that I did, again, you know, I focused a lot on the singles to prepare them for marriage. And so there was a book, a workbook that I do with them, um, and it's called Before I Say I Do. And in that workbook, it covers a multitude of things from church to finances to just everything you could think of kids you know just different things on um and and what are your thoughts on it versus your spouse's thought or your your significant other's thoughts on it so that you can begin to see where you're aligned where you're not aligned what is negotiable what's not negotiable because what happens is if we get into this marriage and we haven't talked about the non-negotiables mm-hmm. and they're doing or they believe in what is a non-negotiable for you, mm-hmm. then you've already set yourself up for failure. And so I think you know the, the best thing about the engagement is that is your preparation. Mm-hmm. Right, that should be. It's not the courting time. It's not you know that is the let's prepare and get ourselves ready to become one, to get this partnership in line. When you're doing a business, you know I think people don't like to say this, but marriage is like a business. That's why it used to be arranged, <laughs> um, and it was 
let's make sure we get our business together. Your business, our business, your business and my business is about to merge together. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure we have all the necessary things to make it a successful merger. Mm -hmm. And that's how long the engagement should be. And long enough for you to make sure that the merger is going to be successful. And also not that it's going to be perfect, but you guys know how to maneuver through it because I think people can hear that and say oh well we don't know how this is going to shake out and we don't know what this is going to be so we shouldn't do this and I don't think that's that's right I think it's just having the tools to know how to work through it whether that be a counselor or a preacher or just whatever it is but figuring out how to effectively move through that um, yeah why are you saying that sometimes mm -hmm. we get so caught up in thinking that uh, and, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble and over <laughs> Um, we get so caught up in thinking that a pastor has to be able to do premarital counseling for us. What I find is it's great when you can, one, have the church in there, yes, but then you can go outside of the church to get some counseling. You can also align yourself up with younger married couples to older married couples. Um, just you want to surround yourself by by differences, mm -hmm. not just one set of opinions, one set of thoughts, one set of rules. You need the good, the down, and the ugly because what happens to what we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. People get married because they just went to their pastor and they heard one little aspect of what marriage was, but they didn't get the good, down, dirty, and ugly part of the marriage where, you know, you're not going to like this person and you're going to have to learn how to bite your tongue sometimes and you're going to have to learn right they don't tell you all of that right and so you need to be able to surround yourself by couples and and that's always been my thing i'm like when i'm dating it's let's find us a married couple that can be our mentor mm -hmm. right somebody who we trust is going to give us the good down and the dirty but when we are struggling, they're going to be there not to encourage us to give up, right. but to encourage us to stick through, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, that all that is important, too, in your planning process and your counseling process to me. Yeah. Did either of you participate in premarital counseling? Oh, mine was whack. <laughs> it was so whack. We had the pastor who married us, which was my husband's um, childhood pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, we had one session and I'm going in so my degree is in psychology so I'm ready like I know what a counseling session is right. right so I'm ready I'm like yeah this and this and that is not what he wanted to talk about like he was it wasn't a real counseling to help us get through and get ready we only had one and he's like yeah you guys are just gonna have to figure it out I was like oh no oh wow yeah that's no. scary it was very like um yeah, he, it was no help at all. Like, well, what was, was your session about? Personally, nothing. Like it didn't. It it was no, there was no purpose of it for me. Like afterwards, I was like, well, that solved nothing. That helped nothing. Um, because there were issues, you know, between us. I come from a um, single mom. He comes from a married family. Just that alone mm -hmm. is a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it wasn't, it, yeah, it did not go well. We figured it out after we got married, but it did not help. And that's sad to think that you went to who you thought was the best authority, and that's what you got. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, because I've done some marriage counseling prior, 
I'm not even going to marry you if I don't think. And that's not for me to judge, but I'm just not going to do it. Right. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. cause it's so many things that you have to get that you have to make them aware of. Um, yeah, we weren't made aware of anything except that we were going to have to figure it out and something <laughs> we're going to have to talk about. Like, duh, that's why we're here. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you definitely need counseling, but the right counseling in one session is not enough. No, it's not. <laughs> one session's not enough. Because you're learning to merge. It's two different households, two different yeah. perspectives, so many different things. You are learning to get, you have to learn how to get that, be able to get that together. And it's hard, it's difficult. Like, that doesn't happen overnight without struggles. And those struggles make you want to run away. So, yeah, you need somebody else. Yeah. Did you participate in premarital counseling? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, How yes. was that for you? Um, it was it was pretty good, but I had, this was my second marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good, and he was the pastor was honest with us, um, and we talked about things. And I think it might have been a couple of sessions, but I don't. I still don't think sometimes our pastors understand what is needed prior. As well, I'm not saying all, just some, because you just think you're a pastor, you're married, you know, that's not the qualifications that you need for marriage counseling. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got some people feeling that on this couch. <laughs> okay, so I know I've kind of talked about like the the cute stuff about the engagement and the mm-hmm. engagement party and all of that. Do you think that that is an unrealistic start to marriage? when you like yes you want to have the engagement parties and have all the fun but the way that I've always kind of thought about it is you know you get engaged and it's a it's a big thing and we're all happy and we're celebrating then you have your engagement party it's a big thing we're all happy celebrating like if you choose to do all of this stuff Mm -hmm. obviously and Mm -hmm. then you have the bridal showers and the bachelor and bachelorette parties and you have all these things and then you have the wedding and the reception and then the honeymoon and it's just like we're coasting up here for like months probably and then you get married go on the honeymoon y'all come back you put the bags down you're in the living room staring at each other and like we're married now Mm -hmm. like what 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 are we doing now and it's like do you feel like doing all of that sometimes can be an un give kind of like an unrealistic picture of how marriage is going to be well you're married and broke after all that absolutely that part that part absolutely yep yes yep did you guys feel that when you kind of went through the whole shebang? Um, probably not the best one. Mine was totally different. Okay. I was married. I was knocked up. Um, had some things going on, so no, we didn't have time to, <laughs> to run anywhere but right. to the hospital. But no, um, I think those expectations, it, it looks beautiful. Um, and it is. It's fun to celebrate, but I think you have to be realistic because um, those doors do shut, and everybody's gone home, and then it's just the two of you, mm-hmm. and you have to be real with one another. And it should be the still awesome, but yeah, you have to um, think about that. I think all the going because your mind is distracted now because that's all you're doing is. The party stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have to be realistic afterward because sometimes you come in 
you go in the room, the kitchen, and he goes in the room. So, yeah, you, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and then you've taken all that time. It goes back to what Crystal was saying. You took all that time to plan for the partying when you could have been doing your five-year plan. Yeah. Right, and I think that just goes back into not having your priorities straight and so many people are focused on the wedding mm -hmm. and they're not focused on the marriage yeah and so it's it's just you know i think a lot of times all that stuff is for everybody else mm -hmm. and it's not for the couple but the couple becomes broke yeah. mm -hmm. and so the money you could have spent on a home the money you could have spent on paying off credit mm -hmm. so that your credit report can get to where it is or get closer to financial freedom. Mm -hmm. All that money was spent on you trying to showboat for your friends. And another thing was so interesting, a lot of times when you're um, in that, sometimes it's, it's one person that's really all giddy about it and other person's like, whatever you say, whatever you yeah. do, I don't care, I'll show up. And boy, you're like, hey, wait a minute, are you in this, are we in this together? Mm -hmm. So it, it is something that you should agree on and be okay with. Yeah. Yeah. And do you guys think that, like, social media has, like, a, is oh kind of, like, the driving Oh, my God. The stuff they do, this. I'm like, boy. Mm. I'll see some weddings and yeah. they have, like, bridal parties of, like, 10-plus people. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have that many friends. Oh, my bridal party was like that. I don't have that many. I'm pulling, pe I'm pulling people. Cousins yeah. I ain't spoken to in some, some years and... Because a lot of times we don't we don't That's understand expensive. what those people are there for. Yeah, that part. Well, and until you have to look back, we all grew up on the princess era. Yeah, right. right? Absolutely. And so we all had the fantasy of this wedding and our prince charming. Again, these unrealistic, unrealistic ex expectations, right? These imageries. One that if we look at our community, we do not fit into those imageries, first of all, financially. Mm -mm. Um, but we want to live up to this whole, you know, I want to be a ball and, you know, the, the prince and the princess and the gown and this and everybody's there cheering us on when the reality is you don't have the money. You spend unnecessary money. There's people there hating on you talking about something about your dress mm -hmm. or your food or the chicken or the something. Not the chicken. Right. And the chicken. The wedding chicken. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't mess that up. That's like running out of wine. Um, Go ahead. Right? Okay. Um, you, you spent all this money only for likes. Yeah. Right? Only for people to do what? I mean, and that was my thing. I used to always tell people, I'm like, look, the wedding's at the church, so that's inexpensive. Right? Because I go to the church. Wouldn't be at the church. I'd pay for that. The reception, I said, there would be more people at my wedding than there would be the reception. Sure. I'm not paying a whole lot of money for people to eat my food and then mm -hmm. it comes straight on out and all my money going down the drain literally. Yes, I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing it for what? For you to say, oh, you know what? Did you see such and such? Oh, I didn't like the way. Oh, well, you know. no. Can you believe they no, had no. someone so sitting closer mm -hmm. to them? Than, than, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I almost want to be like, this is how much it costs to come. Pay for your plate. Bring your own, bring your own food. Because it's like $25 right. a plate. <laughs> right? I'm like, so... It really is, you know, again, all this stuff is for these people. And none of these people 
have anything to do with your marriage. You know, you can have a celebration without being all lavish. And again, media, social media, the TV shows, all that Mm -hmm. stuff make us feel like that's what we have to do. When in reality, it's not anything about that. Mm -mm. Not at all. If I had to do it all over again, I would go to Justice of the Peace. Like I would, we would not do all of that and we would not have spent the money. Now, was it the best day ever in my life? Definitely was. Um, But when I think about the money, the people that are not in my life anymore, Mm -hmm. the people that weren't in my life beforehand, but you know, they got an invitation because family got to get an invitation, right? Right. Um, I wouldn't do it again at all. Um, and I never wanted to get married. Like, I did not grow up saying, hey, you know, I can't wait. It wasn't my thing. But once that ring got on my finger, whole different story. Mm-hmm. Went crazy. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Wow. Yeah, so one of my, um, I guess my last question in terms of engagement, then we can kind of move on to, like, the wedding piece. Um, what are the feelings about cohabitation before marriage? Um I have my own thoughts, <laughs> but I would like to hear everybody else's thoughts. <laughs> Not all at one time. So this one's a tough one because I, I lived with my husband before we got married um, and it didn't help anything out. It didn't hurt anything. Um, but we didn't learn each other any more than like it did it didn't deepen our relationship to learn each other more we only did that when we purposely consciously made the decision to learn each other better and that was a year into the marriage mm-hmm. um you do i think so beforehand you do get a chance to do that but you don't have to live with somebody to do that um so i guess I, I, it doesn't matter i don't know i don't have a real like do what you do well, if that's good for you, it's good for you. If it's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cute. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm just going to say a hard, I didn't say I didn't do that, but I'm going to say a hard no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when um, we make these commitments, we we don't have faith in them because we're always thinking in the back, well, all else fails, I, I'm going to go do this, or you go do that, and, you know, they're thinking of the next, I don't have to stay in it, you don't have to do that no more, I don't have to stay there forever. Um, so I don't think we have the faith to say we're going to get married, and, and there's different levels, you know, because I think people think, well, don't you have to, don't you have to try each other out, or don't you have to know each other before you do that, but where's the faith if you have to do that. Now there's some circumstances where you're pushed or is better or you end up that way. You don't get up one morning and say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see and live with somebody. You Sometimes things happen that way, so I'm not knocking it. But if you don't have to, I would say no. Um, you're just going to have to have faith. You can't say, well, because then you're going to start picking stuff that is a deal breaker. Um, living together. And you're not going to like she said, learn, you're going to be different because your mindset has changed. Mm-hmm. I still can walk away whenever I get ready or I still do what I want to do. We just living together. Mm-hmm. 
I can still go sleep someplace else or do this or that. So your mindset haven't, hasn't changed. So you haven't accomplished anything other than just living together. So let's just to play, I don't like saying devil's advocate, but to just kind of push the envelope a little bit. Let's say both parties have that commitment and they have like, we know this is what we, we know we're not going anywhere. We know that's what we're doing, but you know, we you know we're gonna be living together anyway so we might as well combine these bills and you know go ahead and and move in together would would that kind of be more of an okay thing for you or is it just I'm hard no okay it sounds good because you know you can say hey we're just gonna send a little I'm just gonna drink a little I'm not gonna do too much or we just gonna touch a little and that sound that's what that sounds like okay so go ahead Miss Ryan uh oh what the Bible said. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that and that's why I say no. Right. Right. Even though, you know, we, we do it and have our but I'm saying we have our justifications that are just that. Mm-hmm. Justifications. So I'm gonna answer this question two ways. Um because I've had two thoughts on it. I was a hard no like Keely on um, cohabitating, um, very hard, no, and you know, my family definitely know that, my son learned that, um, <laughs> very, very hard, no, um, and the reason why is because, and it wasn't as much of because, because the Bible says so, and the Bible don't say you can't cohabitate, the Bible says you can't have sex before marriage, Well, but that is, that's where I'm going to go with that, yeah. but um and so I was a hard no on it, not, not from the stance of that piece of it, but the stance that most of the times when people cohabitated, the less amount, the percentage of them getting married was, for, was less than not cohabitating. Yes. And so when they cohabitated, they started to not like each other because the things, the toilet being up or being down or being this or da 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 <laughs> Those things that you have to tolerate, Mary, you don't have to tolerate in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So the nagging, he does not have to tolerate because you're going to nag if your butt falls into the toilet. Yes. Right? You know, if you see hair particles all over the sink, if you see, right? You, you just know, the, just the nastiness, right? <laughs> you know, the stuff that you see, you're not going to tolerate. So the nagging becomes great. And he's like, I'm not marrying a nag. Why am I going to marry a nagger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so then the, 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 the likelihood of you getting married, it, it slims, it becomes slimmer. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was against it because you're gonna learn things that you probably should not learn till you're married in the first place. Cause now it's like, well, you're gonna sign the paper. So, right, then you're gonna deal with certain things. That was my hard no. However, if I was engaged, and this is where me and, you know, I have debates with pastors and ministers. Mm-hmm. If I have a ring on it and we are getting married and because I believe in financial freedom and because I am not paying bills and you're paying bills and we're wasting money and we're trying to build this new house because, you know, I probably had my house, you had your house and we want to now have our own house. And so we're going to put into this house. And if the house closes or whatever the case is before the due date of our wedding, I'm not going to sit here and pay extra money to please you. 
Just because we live together does not mean I'm having sex. Okay, that's why I said. Now, there's, okay, that's a circumstance that that happened, mm-hmm. and y'all have a commitment. Just like in the Bible, mm-hmm. they were they were committed mm-hmm. before they had the ceremony. Right. So there was no going back and saying, nah, I'm choose somebody else." You had a, right. you had a right, commitment. But, but but the view is because I asked that specific question and was told, "No, you still will be set down all these things because you are shacked up." Okay, that's before you're that's married. that's another. Topic, cause you on church hurt now. <laughs> no, I'm no but I, I'm, I'm with you. Right, the perception, but everybody, that's the perception. Right. But see, that's where we, even in the dating part, you have right. to draw the line. It's the sex that connects you. Avatar, right. when she connected to the the horse, mm-hmm. they were connected. That horse was now tame and stuck with you. Until they connected, that horse wasn't doing nothing. Right. Okay, the connection comes with the sex. You keep that out of it, right. y'all can make good decisions. I agree with you 100%. But, but most of the time, you playing with fire if you cohabitating and saying you're not going. Right, but again, So you got to be firm on that. Right, but again, the, the, the answer was if you cohabitate, if you shack up before you get married, you're wrong and so my conversation was just that i'm like well that's not you're making an assumption what does the lord say about it the the lord said i cannot have sex before i get married okay and so but that's my point so i'm saying you know at the 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 church has to be careful in making assumptions on what they think is going on in someone's bedroom you have to trust the person if the person is saying there's nothing going on then you mm-hmm. just have to trust because it's between them and the Lord in the first place. It ain't none yeah. of your business. Anywho. And you have to look. Right. God because, can do the conviction. Right. Not, right. We, and that's where we get messed up in. The, we t- you're supposed to tell you what is right or what mm-hmm. where it leads to or what can happen. But you have to make that decision. Even Jesus lets you do that. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. Oh, right. And okay. so that's why I'm like, my heart, no. Okay. However, I get when there is already the commitment the only thing different is that the ceremony has not happened right but we're still following the right, right thing it should not matter right that's I'm between you and god correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay. did answer. we answer that i'm, I'm silently mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay so we get to you know everybody said yes we didn't have the parties we didn't did all our good work we had the wedding so i guess just what was your, both of your overall experiences with your wedding. I know you, Chrissy, you said it was the best day. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you had it. Um, I had family that I hadn't seen since I was like, since I moved away from Georgia um, when I was first grade. They were coming, they were there. Um, I don't get to see, I didn't get to see them a lot. I was, what, 27, so it been years. So that helped. Um, I was marrying my husband, the love of my life, um, who I never would have thought would be the love of my life. Um, My friends were there. It just was a really like, it was this euphoric feeling that I could have, I can't ever get that feeling ever again. Um, I felt gorgeous. I did feel like a queen. And everybody surrounding me helped me feel that way. Like my uncle walked me down my aisle, walked down the aisle. Um, he did a little two step at the reception. <laughs> like it just was a great day. Yeah. There was no drama, no anything because like we were all there just to have fun. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. 
Yeah, same. That's good. Okay, and so the biggest part, obviously, about the wedding is the vows. Um, so did you guys have your own vows, or did you go the kind of like template, I guess you'd kind of say? I went the traditional template, I believe. Um, he did have a song for me afterwards, but it was the traditional vows. Yeah. We did traditional too. I wanted to write my own, but my husband has social anxiety, so he said, let me just fair. repeat what I know. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so um, for this episode, I did look up what a vow was. Mm -hmm. um, and the definition I got, and we can add on to this, is a vow is a solemn promise of one's intention. It's a covenant between two individuals who are coming together for a specific purpose. A declaration of your intentions, a commitment to live those intentions out. They are the founding val values of your marriage. Um, and I wanted to just kind of say that because I don't think, I think it's kind of people take it just as the template. Like, yes, I you know, cigar, poor broker, all of that, you know, love you, I do, kiss and let's go party. And I don't think a lot of people take the time to really understand, like, this is a vow of, like, I, these are my intentions, and these are what, like, it's kind of like you said, it's a business. Not, I don't want to say it's a contract, it's a covenant, but it's it works like a contract. You know, this is covenant what is I expect. Contract. Right. This is what I expect from you. This is what you can expect from me. And, you know, this is, this is how we're going to go. So, any thoughts on... Yeah, vows are huge. Yeah. You know, um, people play around with it, but it's huge. And you should not agree to something you're not going to do because it is a contract. You know, um, I look at people and, and I'm like, hmm, you know, be careful what you vow to, even in the fun of it, right? Um, uh, my, my son and my um, daughter in love they they did their own vows and and so it's funny because it's something like well wasn't that in the vow <laughs> right it's, it's very important that you pay attention because that's what you're that's what you're committing to right and so you know a lot of women at one point in time wouldn't do the um, obey mm -hmm. right because uh, we understood the the, the um, importance Mm -hmm. uh, the vow, so many women's like, oh, I'm not, take obey out of the vow. Now, I'm against taking obey out the, the vow, but to each his own, because that's <laughs> that's their life, their marriage, their, mm -hmm. you know, what they're committed to. So, but the spouse who wants the wife to obey, who, you have to realize that she did not commit to that because she didn't vow to do that. It's a little trick. Right. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's. It's, it's a lot in the vow, but it goes deeper than just the vows because the Bible still tells you what your roles are, mm -hmm. if you vow to it or not. <laughs> when you get married before God, there's the unspoken vows mm -hmm. that you're already committing to. Yeah, because so. there's like a three, the way that I, I look at the wedding ceremony and the, just that piece of it is I think it's like a three-pronged type of thing. Like you're saying your vows in front of God, you're saying your vows... Um, like you're getting, you know, that whole thing to your spouse, legal marriage, you know, signing the, the, the paper. And then in front of your friends and family, it's kind of, you know, the whole witness piece to be able to kind of hold accountable and to support and, you know, do that in for for the, the couple. And take having to take all that into consideration because 
like you said, there's vows that you don't say that, you know, you vow into because we've signed this paper because there's spiritual vows, there's legal vows, and then, you know, the familial vows. And, um, you know, I just think that so many people are just don't really take that seriously and don't really understand the significance of it. They think you sign the papers. Oh, well, we're married now. This is all just cute for a show, and we're going to take these cute little pictures, and it's going to be done. And I think the whole, the vows should be something that, is revisited throughout the marriage and just make sure that um, this couple I listen to, they, they do check-ins mm-hmm. on their anniversaries mm-hmm. and they like have their vows written down and they're like, okay, so how are we doing on this one? Like, do you think I can support you this way? And, you know, are, are we holding up our ends of the, ends of the bargain? What you about to say? I was like, what you doing? What's, what's up? So I'm a little, um, not too in the, Okay, I'm not going to say, let's put it like this. Change our thinking, the world, what they tell us about marriage, and we have this fairy tale, um, and then we say, I do, we kiss, and it's wonderful. But remember, who created marriage? Not man. Mm-hmm. God did. And he compares the bride, even in, in Revelations, to the significant, the bride. Um, so when you think of it on the level, we're, we're, we really are in a covenant, and that's, that's the problem sometimes. We think we are in a contract where we sign this paper, and then we can go to a man, and he can tear that paper up. That's not what God created marriage for. Mm-hmm. It's a covenant. So that, here's what that covenant says. If he doesn't act right, does that give me the right to tear up my paper? Mm-hmm. No. Because my covenant is with who? God. That's where we got to change the thinking of marriage. My covenant is with God. So when I do things for him, when I submit and I obey, I'm doing that unto God, whether he is doing right or not. Now, I'm not saying people stay in stuff and get beat up and everything. No, that's not what I'm saying. But we get confused with how do you take out oh don't obey out of the vows because then you're not yeah that's not right because you have to submit you have to obey who is going to um run the marriage or help in the marriage if you if y'all both bucking each other somebody got to make a decision i'm going to ask my husband if he don't agree with it I'm going to say, okay, and I'm going to pray about it and wait till God either convinces him to do it or, or I'm not going to do it. Right. And that, and that is something we as women don't like to hear. Um, we don't like to hear submit or he can't tell me what to do. It's my own money. Well, that's probably why your marriage is probably not the best because just like in our relationship with Christ, I'm going to go to church when I want to go to, but I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. But what if God wants you to do that? Are you not going to submit? Are you not going to do? You, we can pick and choose how we want to do, right? And the relationship is proving that God can take two jacked up people, and if they submit to Him, and He can make a beautiful relationship like He wants to have with us. Yes. So let's talk about that. You, there's so much to unpack right there. Right. I was like, um, well, the covenant. And so when we say contract, because covenant and contract. If you look up the word covenant, it does say contract, like at least a binding deed. But to your point, it is, mm-hmm. but it's a contract with God. 
meaning unbreakable, right? Because right? even a legal contract, you can't say, I don't like you today, and your legal contract is right. no longer legal. It is still legal. Right. Right, and so that's what that's, so it's this binding agreement. When you talk about, you know, and that's why I said people don't understand the vows, there's, you can write your vows, but when you're getting married before God, right, when you say, before God, right? Then there is the unspoken vows, regardless if you say them or not, because right. he's given the role of the wife and the right. role of the husband. And so that is so important. And I love the, it's not if this, then that. So it's not if he doesn't do, if he's not submitting to God, then I'm not going to submit to him. Or if he, if he isn't doing this, if he's not loving me, then I'm not going to respect him. It, it, he doesn't give a if then. He says, this is your role, so you do your role. And I'll you let me worry about him not doing his role. Mm -hmm. But you still, that doesn't give you an out into doing what you're still supposed right. to do as the role of the wife. Vice versa, the wife isn't doing what she's supposed to be doing. That doesn't give the husband an out of being able to do the role and responsibility that he has committed to before God. Mm -hmm. The When you mention the the people, right? We get married before God, so there's a there's a there's a um, spiritual mm -hmm. um, covenant. There's the legal binding contract when you sign the lit marriage license, and then you have your friends here where they're making a commitment to the people. Now, let me help everybody understand this commitment because this is my biggest things with people. Mm -hmm. When you go to this marriage to this ceremony. You are, when they say, is there any reason why you feel like these people should not get married? Speak now or forever <laughs> hold your peace. That is your one and only time to say anything against that marriage. Mm. The one and only. Because if you don't speak now, it says, or forever hold your peace. Meaning you are there to support mm -hmm. and uplift that binding spiritual marriage. That means keep it to yourself. I don't care if you don't like what he's doing to her. I don't care if you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't tolerate this. But that's not your marriage. No. Keep it to yourself. If you're not there to edify what God is bringing together, forever hold your peace. Yep. Because that is the role of the congregation. That's why you have to be careful who you have in your congregation. Because yep. mm -hmm. everybody ain't for you. Yep, good. that's good. That's right. good. Yeah. And see, that's not, that's not taught. And, right. you know, people don't explain that to you. And even just you saying that, like, that's probably the first time I've, I've mm -hmm. heard that. And it makes it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. So now now what? We're, we we's married. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're, you know, you got back from the honeymoon. You at, you're back at the house. You st you, you're just staring at him like, what did I just do? Mm -hmm. So I guess what has been, what expectations did you have going into marriage versus where you kind of are now. Ooh, the eye roll. Okay, they just looked at each other like, Ooh. you, you want to tell them? <laughs> wow. Um, the expectations. One of the things that, that really, and, and the sad part is a lot of stuff I learned after the now what. Um, and one of the things that really hit me is, and I hope I get this right, is one of marriage was not to make you happy but it was to honor God and in honoring God you become happy Amen. that say hit me again. deep say, say that again. okay get it right wonder if marriage was not to make you happy 
but it was to honor God. And in honoring God, you become happy. So you mean to tell me mm. that I'm not supposed to get married for that dude to make me happy and smile all the time and ain't supposed to always be my way. And if it ain't my way, then he ain't a good husband. Expectations. Expectations. We, we did a study. I can't remember all the names right now, but he had this box. And he said, we come with this box and we put all of our expectations in this box. And then we set it down to you and say, now make, make this happen. Here's the house, the car, um, this, 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 and that, and make this happen. And the moment, if we be real, the moment that you don't live up to those expectations, something's wrong. Am I supposed to live like this forever? I'm always going to be unhappy. Suppose he gets kidney disease the first week of marriage. What do you do? I didn't sign up for that. I'm, not, no, I'm out. He going to be on dialysis for the rest of his no, I'm, I'm young. I'm not taking care of no. Mm-mm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I can't do it. But that, don't that go back to the, the, the vows? You know, I just. <laughs> but that's why you got to know who you, you're you making your vows to and your right. covenant to. Because that can still be a beautiful marriage. Mm-hmm. You get to learn how to be patient and a caregiver yeah. for God. But. Most of us don't know that, so we get married thinking, you're going to make me happy. And as soon as the money runs out or something runs out, well, you're supposed to do that. Then the nagging starts, and then, or, or, or she's got issues, and I'll have sex every single night like we was. Oh, did I say that out loud? Peck on it. Like you might have thought you were supposed to have. But y'all, <laughs> right, she didn't take the wig off. Mm, <laughs> Mm, girl, because now I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm tired. And, you know, before you was dancing on the table. So you got these, because you ain't learned each other. You don't know that a man thinks about sex every three. Yeah, they may have three minutes out of the day. They don't, but they might be breathing hard or something. I don't know, eating a chicken sandwich, but all those days, you're not thinking that he's thinking every time you walk past, he's thinking of sex. And you're thinking, how in the world could you do that? You got stuff to do, man. But that's, and once you learn that, as soon as you start being that one, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. It's mine. I can, no, no. You get ready to start a fire because you want to be made happy. I want to be happy. I want to go do this. But, baby, we don't have enough money. Well, you better get two jobs. I listened. I used to watch the show about um, the house repairs. You know how they go on house hunting? I love house hunting. And what really hit me one time, I was watching the show, and every time the realtor would say, well, what do you think about this to the husband? She would say, well, you know, and I said, oh, my God, woman, shut up. Because she was running, and you could tell right there, you don't listen to nothing your husband's. And he would just bow down and be like, whatever she says. And I said, that's why he go in the room and turn TV on and, and turn it up real loud. And you wondering, why you ain't talking to me, honey? Because... <laughs> you know, and so we have these expectations in this box and we say, here, unpack these. I want you to go through everything and make me happy. It's your responsibility because I married you to make me happy. And then that's why, because as soon as he don't or something's wrong and Charlie sees up, you you back to cussing because you like, it becomes that cancel culture again. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I can cancel you and go to somebody else and 
you know, it, it goes back to the better or worse. Yeah. The vows are so important. It's just, it's yeah. so, there's so much meat. I mean, we do a whole show on just vows. Yes. There, there's so much meat yes. in it because, like, when I teach young people and <laughs> I taught them on forgiveness, Lord, that's the hardest topic. Um, it's always, they always give me reasons. Justification. Just, just uh, right, justifying why they can't forgive. But they all want to get married. And so I'm always like, okay, so what are your non-negotiables? Well, they do this, they do that. I'm like, so then you're not going to do a vow for better or worse, right? Because you do understand the worst means the things that you think are unforgivable. The worst ain't that you fell in the toilet. The worst is he came home with a child. The worst is he, 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 you came home with a child that wasn't his. The worst is, you know, that he squandered all the money or you squandered all the money, you keep on going shopping, you know, COVID happened and, and you just kept on on Amazon until y'all was bankrupt, right? That's, that's worst. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the things that you, it's the sickness. It's we just got married and boom, there's an accident and now you're, um, you're paralyzed from the neck down. That's mm -hmm. worse. Right, but we don't, we don't, that's not what our level of worse is. Our level of worse is, oh, I won't be able to go to, you know, I won't get a Tiffany's necklace because, you know, we're married now. I might, mm -hmm. I might have to wait till my fifth anniversary. And so we don't, we don't really understand worse is the things that you think you can't forgive. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the unconditional love, the mm -hmm. conversation that we've had. Because um, even Miss Ronita has had to, school me on unconditional love because I'm, I was somebody who didn't believe that unconditional love was something that actually had, I still don't believe it's really practiced today because I don't feel like people do it, but I understand that that was God's intention for all of our relationships with everyone, especially people that we choose to marry. And I think the cancel culture and the unconditional love piece is something that should be revisited at this time because that's how God wants us to love just in general. So mm -hmm. it, it should be, I don't say easy, but it should be a no-brainer when it comes to marriage. And just like you said, we can't just throw somebody away because there's differences in how people were raised. What mm -hmm. I might think is just ridiculous, how would your brain even construct that thought? Because I wasn't raised like that. That might be their normal life, you don't mm -hmm. know. So just understanding that that's where that conditional, unconditional love piece comes into play, that no matter what, I'm still going to love you, and I've made this covenant with you, so we're, we're going to be here. Yeah. So somebody told me that, that I didn't understand unconditional love, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why do you say that? You know what, because you broke up with you know, the last dude you was with, and you said you love him, I said, I still do love him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's a difference between making a covenant, a, a, a commitment, a, a vow to marry into an unequally yoked person than for me to say that I, that I don't love him. I would love that person to the day that I die, but I'm not going to make a committed covenant to be with somebody that I know that I'm not yoked with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why the whole dating part is so important mm -hmm. because you're going to, if you date, if you, if you court, go back, if you start courting people and getting to know people and building relationships, you're going to love them because of who God created them to be. Mm -hmm. That does not mean in the courting process, 
and the then moving into the dating process, you may say, mm, I love this person, but we're not yoked. There are some non-negotiables that mm -hmm. are non-negotiable. Yeah. And so we should not get married. Mm -hmm. Right. And so doesn't mean you don't love the person. Doesn't mean that you're not going to always care and want that person to be happy. It's just that I love you enough to know that it ain't going to work. Mm -hmm. Right. That's God did not join us together. <laughs> right. In that purpose. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And but what happens is we marry this person and then get mad because they're not who we want them to be, but they've always been who we knew they were. It goes back to what I think almost every woman has ever told me just about dating, courting, whatever you mm -hmm. like to call it. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. And not what they tell you they are, but what oh. they show you that they what are. What they show you. And I think that would save a lot of people if just, because yeah. one of my um, friends I grew up with in church, her dad gave me and one of my best friends probably the best advice just in general is never fall in love with the potential of somebody. Mm -hmm. If you don't like them where they are right now, you like that's either take it or leave it because right. they could change, that hope they do, but then they could not. And then do you are you gonna be okay with quote unquote wasting that time hoping and grooming them to change and then they don't. And I think a lot of people go into marriage like that, oh well marriage is gonna change him, he gonna understand, he gonna she'll do this and she you know, we just once they see how serious this is and they'll they might and then they might not. It's the better or worse. Yeah. We always want to be optimistic and think yeah. about the better, but we don't like to consider how bad the worse can get. Right. So I mean if yeah. he cheated on you fifty times during the the dating why you shop when you get married? That's that's worse. Yeah. I mean, but we married worse. now. That's, he's that's, not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's consistent. Right. And and so it. Sometimes I just say we have to check ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. And when if we can really check ourselves, I think our I think marriages will last longer mm -hmm. because we have to understand that they're tolerating our worst too. Right. You know. There's yeah. some non-negotiables we doing too. Yep. You know. When they married us, we our hair was combed. COVID did not happen and we was going to the beauty shop. That's right. COVID happened, everybody stopped going to the beauty That's shop. It. And COVID is halfway gone, people still ain't going back. Mm -hmm. Right? And so he like, Or well, you bring happened? that ugly gown out and don't ever <laughs> no, get rid right. of it. Right. right, he like, when I met you, you was in Victor you you had Victoria's Secret, now you have Lane Bryant. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, and love them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had, right, you had that Target little moo moo on. Mm -hmm. You know, you used to cook. You used to cook, and now you bring it home. Door dash, right. the wall. <laughs> to your point, we used to be hanging off chandeliers, and now you're talking about mm, mm -mm, my back, my mm -mm, leg. Mm -mm, not tonight. Just, no, roll over. Check me next week. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, you know, we have to understand men are visual, and so they dealing with words, too. You know, and so just like you feel like you're dealing with words, they are, too. They feel yep. the same way. Yeah. Right? And so we have to understand that and say, you know what? I committed to you. We gonna let's 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 come to an equal, you know, maybe three times, right? So just yep. something. Yep. But it's some way. But worse is worse, and we have to be able to work through it, and not yeah. cancel our spouse because they're not living up to our unrealistic expectations. Right. Right. You do. There's a piece that, like, there's a piece that you have to be able to self-reflect mm -hmm. and be able to check yourself, mm -hmm. as you were saying. Um, and realize that you are putting these unrealistic expectations on to the other person. But to me, you have to figure out why you're putting those unrealistic mm -hmm. expectations on there because usually it's something your daddy didn't do or your daddy did or some man in your life, you know, did mm -hmm. or didn't do. 
your mom and or your envision of what a perfect husband is, then you've watched the Cosby show, realize you don't realize what you have seen throughout life mm -hmm. is not real. Correct. Um, and so you have to figure out what it is you want for yourself, but also heal yourself before you do that. And the other person has to be willing also. Um, when my husband and I were having troubles, we watched, I cannot remember, it's Crossfire, Burned at the Cross, I don't know. But it was about a couple, and they were doing real bad, but he... He was a firefighter? Yes. And, yeah, okay. Yes. Yep. Blind side. Blind spot. Blind. I can't think of it right now either, but yeah, I watched Fire. it. Fireproof. Fire. Fireproof. Fireproof. Yeah, yeah. Fire that's it. There. Something was burning. That's um, it. It was their marriage <laughs> that was burning. Um, but, like, I, me, was like, and yeah, no, I can't love you regardless of any of that. I said this is how I want it, but my husband is able and still to this day to love me and continue doing those things and you have to have at least one and i'm able to see like oh yeah you selfish crystal like i'm able to check myself and say okay it's time for you to put it back in but you have to ha be able to self-reflect if you cannot self-reflect it's not going to work mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. and two things just kind of from what you said the first one um is just being able to maintain your own identity mm -hmm. within marriage and that's something my friend um, who's been married about three or four years now um, that she says that she's just started to do yeah. she's like because you, you become the wife and that's all you are and then you become the mom and that's all you, you're the mom the mom and the wife mm -hmm. and figuring out who you are as the individual and she all she's just saying is like my marriage has gotten so much better once I maintain myself in that so have you any of you experienced that that moment yes yes and i'm still going through it mm -hmm. um constantly making sure that i have enough time for me as a person me as you know i am a go-getter i love my job i just i if, if i wasn't here that's where i'd be at my job preparing for the next day um but i also love being a mom and i also love being a wife and that's three very important things, but and I always come last. So trying to figure out and make everybody else happy, but also remembering who I am and making myself that happy. Because it's always going to be something. The husband's always going to need something. The kid is always going to need something. The job is always going to need something. But how can I give to them if I'm empty? Mm -hmm. So it's a constant battle, constant. I mean, I left work at 4 o'clock today. I was very proud of myself, but this is for me, too. Mm -hmm. And I have to make sure, like, I I do have to pencil it in. It's not always pinned, but I have mm -hmm. to make sure that I am building my dreams, too. But it's hard. It's hard. It's very hard, and um, that's perfectly said. It, it is very hard. But one thing I had to start looking at and thinking about, um, if something happens and that job says they don't need me anymore, who cares? Um, if I leave my house today and I, and I don't get to see my family again, something happens, that's it. So I had to start looking at it like that to say, I'm mad at you, but if I came home and you didn't, I would be devastated. So I had to put things in perspective that way. The kids are going to be gone and it's going to be me and you. What are we going to do? So we had to create date night. 
we had to do things that we um, used to do and we and enjoy each other and it had to be about me and him so that when those jobs would close up or we come home at night that's the best time of the day is when we're together um, and we can reflect and enjoy one another we talk about God we talk about our day we talk about everything and that is what's important and so that's what makes me come home and say job yeah I get caught up and I have to remember it's time to go this is over so yeah it's a struggle finding now yourself your your time but you have to learn to just sometimes don't answer that phone that, because you know when she calls, y'all going to be in an hour conversation. Mm-hmm. So you have to choose to say, I'm not answering the phone. Or everybody knows Tuesday night, don't call. Day mm-hmm. night, or you have to set those perimeters with the kids and everybody. And you have to set them with your husband, too, where you have your time just to do you. You have to, because like you said, you won't be um, good for anybody if you don't. So, But I had to look at it as if everything was gone... How would I feel? Would I be okay with that? No. So I had to live as this. This might be the last time. And then I don't feel like we can have the marriage conversation without talking about the, the, the big one that I feel, me personally at least, had to come to terms with. It's the, the Ephesians 5, 22 and, 20, and through like 33 conversation of um, the, women, the wives submitting to your husband's and um, the whole conversation of the man being the head. Now, with the Young Adults Ministry, we had a summit in 2019, was it? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, 2019, where I think it was Pastor Bartlett had the conversation, and that was in my whole 20, at the end, 25 years of life, had heard the problem that a lot of women have when they hear that is that they don't have a a spouse or a partner in their life that they can submit to. And I think that it's super important, it's like both boys and girls coming up, that they are taught that way because I had never heard it. It was just, yep, submit, he's the head. He's just because he's a guy, he's a man. Yep, that's what you need to do. He, you know, just listen to him. He makes all the decision. You're the neck, but he's the head, all of that conversation. But there's so much that has to be understood about the whole partner selection that we talked about with the singleness conversation. You can have the worst pilot in the world flying your plane, you're not gonna go nowhere. <laughs> you're either not gonna make it off the ground or you're gonna crash. But if you have you know, someone who has that same plan as you, has the same purpose for the marriage and for life as you, then there shouldn't be a problem with the submission. And it took a long time for me to be okay, okay with that. And um, I guess what is everyone's feelings about about that? And had, have you always felt the okayness about it? So I haven't always felt okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was raised by a single, independent woman, um, and listen to a man submit. Like what? You know. And so I grew up with that same thought process until I was married, and like really wanted to stay married and have a healthy marriage. And I realized submitting. One, you have to be able to submit to the right person. That person has to be a leader and leading you in places that you both want to go, and you have to trust that person. Two, it's not him telling you what to do. Like, once I realized submitting is not, it's not my husband saying, no, you can't go buy that shirt. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I 
really paid attention to what cement was like because he doesn't have that we have for him he's just like do whatever you want to do and I'm like no what is it that you would like and tell me and he's like he can't so I want to I like the leading the, the man leading um, and he's just he's not used to that piece so we're still working through that but yeah I don't mind submitting I don't I don't want to make any decisions <laughs> That's what I look at it as. What? No, you want me to do it here? Okay, thanks. It's not that though. Well, I know for uh, one thing, Tony Evans said it was profoundly talked about the candle when you go up and you do the unity candle and you see cringe sometimes because you you said about it uh, taking your uniqueness, like God, He didn't want robots. That's why He, you know, gave us choice. So um, in, in that you still are one, but you're your 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 unique person because you both bring something to the marriage. So you're not gonna go and say, I'm gonna be whatever you tell me to be. No, you you have your own calling, your uniqueness, and so does he. And then you merge that together and then y'all this greatness, right? So um, I think sometimes when we're talking about um, submitting, that I know in marriage is so funny that all the women just be like, oh Lord, we talk about submitting. Because our mindset is, um, you're going to tell me what to do. You're going to disagree with most of the things. You're going to make all the rules. And even the men sometimes think that submitting is you're supposed to do what I say. And if I say cook woman, if I say I want to have sex right now, woman, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and you think about back in the day, some marriages were from the churches were led that way. That's why they stayed together. It wasn't because they was cool. They weren't, where was they going? Right. You had six kids. You, where was you going? You was going to stay together. But you thought this was this wonderful marriage, but you never saw them talk. You never saw them hug. You never saw them hold hands. Then you find out daddy had a whole family down the street. Did you find out your sister and brother? Oh, that's another show, right? Okay. But because you in this thinking that is this fairy tale marriage and that she submits and because she doesn't say anything honey a woman has power because god gave us power so my submitting maybe i'm not saying nothing i'm talking to god mm -hmm. about it and the next thing he comes and says baby i think we should do that yes thank you lord but mm -hmm. i ain't had to say nothing but i submitted mm -hmm. but see we want to talk 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 and i want it now I want to do it this way, we did it, and you don't know no better. So then you get into trouble because what you're doing is you're belittling your covering. And you got to know the order. He is your covering. And so sometimes when my husband says no, I'm, it's no. I'm done. You just said it. I think we, un we, we misinterpreted what submit means. Yeah. It means to come under the authority. That, of, you said it perfectly. You know, that's so it. That's, that's what it is, is, you know, the husband comes under, he has to submit to God. So he has to come under the authority of God. The wife comes under the authority of the husband. The children come under the authority. Actually, you know, say, they say of the parents, but it's the wife. because normally she's It's the, the wife. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's coming up under the authority of. Yeah. That's what submit means. Yeah. Just like you submit to your boss. You come up under the authority yeah. of your supervisor. Because if you don't, you got problems, don't you? <laughs> right. And so I think if we can think about it like that, we get so emotional. 
Right. Mad. These words. <laughs> tell me what that, and I think it's you just, went to work and they told you what to do and you right. said, okay. Mm-hmm. And but just I think like you we, also think about the person that you're submitting to and you're yeah. just like, no. And it's if you have somebody that you trust and that mm-hmm. is aligned with God and mm-hmm. is aligned with where you want to go, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a problem because you know that that person has your best interest. So it shouldn't even be that, ugh, I don't even want to talk about this response. But that's the problem. People, and that, and that is where I get on women when they say that. I'm like, well, well do you trust them? Yeah. Don't sound Does like he it. know God? <laughs> yeah. So you trust him, he trusts God, but what's the problem? What, what, what's the problem? Okay, I, I feel like when people, when you ask somebody to trust them, they're not they're not saying, are you, they're not thinking, yes, I trust them with my life. I trust them to make the best decisions for me. I trust them to do what is right for us. They're thinking, yeah, he won't go out and cheat on me. Or, you know, I trust them. Yeah. And, and they don't truly trust them. They or even you only trust them to be themselves. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And that's it's, as far as that goes. Yes. And it's funny because... We did, back in the day, right, we did a show, and one of the things I did was I tested this whole, you know, because everybody said, I trust them. I'm going to submit. I said, okay, okay. So let's say, you know, you submit to your husband, or you believe you will, and he tells you, hey, babe, you know, God, you know, God spoke to me, and he said we need to pack up and start a business in Colorado. We've got to get up, like, you know, Abraham, get up, move, and just go. You know, first go around, everybody was like, yeah, you know, it was a little hesitation. Well, yeah, we are going to do it. And then you get there and it's a little shaky. It ain't as firm as it was. You know, you can't, you can't get, you know, get your hair done like you used to, get your nails done like you used to. It's a little rough, you know, because y'all rebuilding. And then as he starts to rebuild, God calls, you know, he has comes to you again and says, hey, God said we need to do this. And in this move, we're still going to do this business, but now we need to go here. Mm-hmm. And do it. So now you got to relocate yet again and go. Where well, are you going? And so then it got a little quieter, and it was like, well, we about to start asking some questions, and we gonna keep on moving. And and so my point is, I kept on getting worse and worse and worse, right? Mm-hmm. With the movement, right? And eventually got to a point where everybody was talking mm-hmm. to God, and like, God, I'm gonna need you to tell him to sit down, so <laughs> right? And, and but the point was, we say we want to submit, but it's under our Conditions. To a certain point, we have conditional conditions. And our own definition of what right. it is. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that if you truly, that's why marriage is so important. And I refuse to walk in it lightly mm-hmm. because I have to make sure that the person whom I say yes to is saying yes to God because my whole life is in their hands. Right now, I have my relationship with God, mm-hmm. and so I will be. I will be a praying sister. I'm already am, but definitely will be. But I also understand it's not an if then then that. So if I don't like it, I can't say, "Well, I'm not going to do it," because that's not my role. Yeah. And so it's important to understand. To your point, the trust is bigger than do I trust him to bring home, you know, to come home at night like he's supposed to. Do I trust him to keep a job? Is do I trust him with making the decisions? that impact me and my family, my right. livelihood, mm-hmm. right? And that's what submission is. It's, we take it to a minimum level. Like, he, he told me I couldn't go to a cruise. Yes, I got my own money. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that's the, that's the minimum. That's nothing. That's most, most of the times that's not the issue in the submission. The submission is really understanding that he's submitting to God and 
and you're submitting to the authority of the role, right? And so I just think, you know, submission is, is huge and it could be a great thing because if we are one, goes all back to the beginning with the planning and, and working towards God's plan, that's the whole reason for the marriage is to be to glorify God, not for happiness. So if we're all working on God's plan, then it's all good because it's all God. So we're going to be in alignment mm -hmm. anyway. And I also think that just for men and boys and young men need to understand, like, with, you know, the responsibility and the, the impact of that, like, what really that means to be the head and to, to do that and to how selfless mm -hmm. that type of role is. And it's not just, oh, well, she don't submit to me, so we're doing this. We're going to Florida. So cancel out all your plans and it's what we're doing it's like um no it's not a control it's not, it's, a, not. it's not a control it's a it's a leadership it's a leadership position yeah you're, 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 it's a leadership position you should I do your in a for the premarital council right um yeah. <laughs> i always say it's like a partnership it's you know you cannot have in a partnership it cannot be 50 50. Mm -mm. So that's why I'm like, okay, if it makes you feel better, it's 49 51. All right, quit the argument. How about 100 100? Right, well, but it can't be in, right. in, a, in a partnership. Right. And so what I'm saying is, in the decision making, let me say it right. that way, in the decision making, okay. because if there is a disagreement, somebody has to make the decision. Has to make the decision. And so that's why I'm always like, okay, think of it as 51 49. On 99% of the time, y'all are, are probably on one accord. Mm -hmm. But there may come a time where God spoke to that person and not you. And so that person has to do what is best. God called the man to be the head. And I'm going to make some people mad right now. You ask me why. Because he knows a lot of times men make analytical, logical decisions women make emotional decisions and they're like oh you can't say that well let's look at eve mm -hmm. eve made an emotional decision mm -hmm. and that is why we ain't the 51 percent and i'm if you like you can like it or love it read the bible that's what it is and so we have to understand a lot of the things when when we respond back to people sometimes it's because of an emotional response mm -hmm. the way we act is because of an emotional response. Mm -hmm. Sometimes saying no when we want to say yes is from an emotional mm -hmm. response. I mean, it's so many things. We are emotional. Mm -hmm. And so that is why there's decisions that have to be made not out of emotions, but out of spiritual logic. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so And that's not bad. We're made not, like that. Correct. I mean, we have to take we have to nurture. So you can't do that if you correct if you make a decision like no, I would say, Oh you hit your leg? No. No, no. And our you have to side, have that. Yeah. Right. Our emotional side and our nurturing side is going to help cultivate right. the 51. Right. That's what we don't understand. You right. said we got, we got the power. Yeah. We just need to give them the respect. That's mm -hmm. it. Right. That's it. You know, it, it, that's really what it is. That's what it is. And so I was having this conversation with my son. I'm like, a lot of times, because he struggled, you know, a lot of our millennials struggle with that because it is just the 50 yeah. 50. And what I said was, in the decision making, you can make the decision that in finances, you're making the decision because you may be better in finance. Or in um, planning vacations, you can make the decision because you're a better event planner, but you still made the decision on who's making the decision. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You still did the delegation on the decision yeah. making. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to understand. There's always somebody who has to be in the authority. Mm 
-hmm. And it's the same way with a business. Somebody has to be in authority. That doesn't mean that you're less than. Yeah. And And you can make those decisions in love. Absolutely. Where if you say we're going to Florida and then if but if I love you the way I love God, I'm going to say but. Okay, maybe we'll go to this part of Florida because our state this long because she doesn't. I know she doesn't like the sun, right. so it has. That's that's how that works. Right. So it may yep. maybe you got to make this decision too soon, but you don't just make it just because you're authority. Right. right. You no. know. You definitely have to have the other person. Uh, yeah. Think about the other person because there are covering. I mean, so he's going to consider. Mm-hmm. And if we follow the rose, the man is to love the wife. That's Christ that, loves the church, it, right? It doesn't say so the then that means I'm going to put you into consideration because Christ always put the church into consideration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the woman is to respect the man. If he is, and this is what I'll tell people, if he's loving you the way he's supposed to love you, the respect is going to be there. But if he ain't, that don't mean you ain't supposed to respect. Right. Because maybe if you show the respect, the love will come. You said it. <laughs> because the book says love and respect, right? And we forget. So I always look at this and say, if I say, Oh, honey, your haircut looks good today. That's you. You nice. You are just so wonderful. I just love you. He he gonna be like, oh, you know. But and but if I say, man, you really work hard today. This house looks great, or the yard looks great, mm-hmm. or you are such the coolest breadwinner. You know, I don't have to worry about nothing. He's gonna be he's gonna be puffed up, and he's gonna feel like, hey, I got this. But we do the opposite. We belittle. So the so that's where the respect comes and the language comes. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me, boy, you just oh, you just bring home that money. I'll be like, dude, I'm not even supposed to bring home the money. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be I'm not gonna receive that. But he says if he says, Oh, that dress looks so pretty on you and I noticed you got your hair done or I'm gonna be like, Oh my god, I I'm just on cloud nine. He don't notice my hair. You see what I'm saying? The language that is different. So that respect is going to go a long way with you telling him how. So if he's not, even if he's not the best, tell him he's the best till he gets to be the best. Build him up, and then, like you said, the love comes when he's doing when he's loving you. Then you're gonna respect him. Yeah, and you, you can't help it. And it's a, and it's interesting because God knew that it was an unnatural characteristic yeah. of each right yeah that's why he told the woman to respect your husband mm-hmm. and he told the man to love your wife mm-hmm. because we're nurturers so the love is easy the respect is yeah hard. love ain't nothing else and we can love a couch I mean, oh that's right. and for a man they're more logical mm-hmm. and so they respect process and this and this yes. but yes. the nurturing and the loving is hard so that's why the, the expectation that God mm-hmm. gave the each spouse was different. You wives respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. Mm-hmm. Those were the, that's what he said. Yeah. It wasn't the same word, right? right. Yeah. And and it's important because what happens is we do the opposite. He's not loving me, so I'm not going to respect. I'm not going to respect him. You know, but if you start respecting him in your language mm-hmm. and in your actions, the love will come. Yeah. So then you start tearing him down, yeah. and then the love, you know, he doesn't feel you're not lovable, right? Because all you doing is right. So tell yeah, me what yeah. Tell me what I'm not. What so I'm not this marriage thing is deep, yeah. and it and it you gotta really just think about who created it. Mm-hmm. Man didn't create it, so you can't listen to man's rules mm-hmm. about do it your way, do it my way. I'm gonna do. You can't. He can't tell you what to do. Go ahead and buy that. Don't worry about it. Put it in the closet. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. go and follow them rules. You're gonna be in trouble. But learn the discipline and the um and you can't be selfish. 
Can't be selfish. Cannot be selfish. Cannot be selfish. So it can be when you get that, like I said, when you submit unto God. So when I'm mad, I'm thinking, okay, God, would I be standing here saying, you didn't put the toilet seat down? Okay, God. You see, he didn't put the toilet seat down, but I'm cool. Because I got to remember, I'm, it's unto Christ. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to talk to Christ like that. I'm not going to be tripping on him. And when you do that, then he starts putting the toilet seat down. You'd be amazed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so like the last thing I wanted to, to talk about, because this has just been a really good conversation, is divorce. And I know that that's kind of a... a a big thing so you know I'm not a Bible scholar never claim to be so I guess what does the Bible say about divorce and because I know I from what I do know that there are reasons in the Bible that divorce is okay mm-hmm. um, and I think it was um, death obviously like if your husband or spouse dies um, I forget the other ones but I do are he adultery, adultery. yeah Yep. And like I think it's like you have to catch them or whatever or something like there was mm-hmm. a story about you mm-hmm. have to catch them in the act of doing it or something and yeah so what I guess was everybody's feelings I didn't catch him in the act because I probably would be in jail I mean hey oh sorry I mean, you know <laughs> he's not through with us <laughs> but I believed in in that but my marriage it was a constant it was a constant adultery a constant just a constant and I and I just said and I would pray and ask God to show me and then I just had one day I just got up and said I'm not doing this no more so I don't really know I know that's one of the things and I know people make you feel bad Mm -hmm. because you divorced or whatever but it was not a good relationship it was it just what because when you bring other people into your marriage you bring them to your bed you bring them to your home and you you don't you're not that wife anymore you're that doormat and i mean it's just such a big dynamic with adultery mm-hmm. had he probably done all kind of other things i probably would still been there but that adultery stuff is just that's yeah that mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. nope can't do it <laughs> i was like is it an op- like is divorce even an option for anybody for me, no okay um now let me say this because I've had friends who've um, gotten divorced, and <clears throat> I'm a big supporter of forgiveness. And yes. so, if you've gotten a divorce, God has forgiven you, and it's none of my business. And that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. You are forgiven, you're healed, and you're and you're fine. Yes. And so, let me say that up front because I think when people hear my hard stance on divorce, it may seem like I'm judgmental because, I, but I'm not because God forgives. And there's nothing you can do that he's not going to forgive. Right. That's your relationship. That's between you, that husband, and God. Mm-hmm. And I can't say what was going on. And, 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 and I always say this too. Sometimes just because you got married 
doesn't mean that God ordained that marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. All that played into it. It was not just a, I'm done, he cheated on me. No, it was, I could tell, I could write a book. Because the Bible talks about that part too, where it says, if a person leaves, and especially if that person was unsaved, you let the dust go off your feet and just keep it moving, Mm -hmm. and you're good too. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, you know, I think a lot of times we just get so many things misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Now, when you ask me, I've always been a non-negotiable with divorce. With that said, I'm going to knock lightly and books on this thing. I'm not saying that something may not happen that I won't, because you got to be careful with saying what you won't never do. Mm-hmm. Hence, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Right, so be careful with saying what you won't do. But do I believe in divorce? I believe the Bible gives you an out for divorce. I also believe the Bible shows you an example in that same out of Stan, which was Hosea and Gomer, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, um, Gomer was out doing everything, you know, had a good husband, mm-hmm. right? And was out having adultery, brought home kids that wasn't Hosea's and all that. And God still told Hosea to buy her back, mm-hmm. right? And so, that is my example of worse when I talk to people who are struggling with adultery. And so one of the things I always look at is, is that the self-reflection. I have to, one, ask myself, and that's why I say marriage is so important. I have to ask myself, was this something I already knew before I got married? Was he cheating? Was he a player before I married him? And, and, and if he was, then that's something I have to look at too. Why mm-hmm. did I marry this person, mm-hmm. right? What was the things, the insecurities in me that made me marry somebody that I knew would probably do that <laughs> in the future? You know, then I have to take a step back because now that I'm mature, because I was kind of young then, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to, you know, you want to get married. Now I know that's a non-negotiable for me mm-hmm. in dating, so that would not be a marriage. But in marriage, I have to ask myself, okay, if, he, if there was an adulterous relationship, what happened? And I have to be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. Was there something that he was asking me to do mm-hmm. that I was not doing? Was there something, you know, it makes me think of the movie Brothers with mm-hmm. Morris Chestnut, um, um, Bill Bellamy, um, D.L. Hewley, and Morris Chestnut. Hello. That's Hello. That's Come back. Come no. back. But anyway, but in there, D.L. and, um, I can't think of the one girl's name, but they were married and he wanted her old sex. And she was a good girl and was brought up that good girls don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very big problem in their marriage. And so, you know, she would drive, she couldn't do it, he was upset. And so th- it, it landed them almost at divorce, mm-hmm. right? My point in saying that was sometimes as women, we have to reflect and say, is there something? That and it don't even have to be sexual, but is there something that that's going on that we're not willing to compromise on that we're ignoring, mm-hmm. right? Because then that's where I can say we can probably work on the marriage because it was you because you were still wrong regardless. Mm-hmm. But I have to take ownership and maybe in 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 making you feel unlovable, mm-hmm. un you know not respected, mm-hmm. and so then I we can maybe work on that, right? We both need counseling and we can work on that. If you're out there just being a hoe to be a hoe to be a hoe and be a hoe, that's what you're going to be and you're just happy being that, then that is something that we would probably have to work on and kind of find out what is the underlining thing with that. But I just believe, you know, in the power of prayer. Right? I, and and I, I agree. Not saying that I may not end up getting a divorce, but 
Now I'm gonna say this, and I'm playing, so don't arrest me later. Something that happened to my mm-hmm. husband. I just believe until death do us part. Well, no, I, and so. I believed in that too. I I did. I believed in it too, and I did all those things mm-hmm. to get there. Um, so, I mean, this I I couldn't even tell you if I went from beginning to end, you would maybe understand. But, but I, I would not yeah. have. It was not something I did lightly. And, 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 I, yeah. and I know yeah. you it was and I not. know it wouldn't have been. And yeah. that's my point. Mm-mm. I can sit here right, yeah. today. but I've And been, I would and never I, counsel people to, to do right. that. I mean, I would encourage them to stay and work it out and right. pray and all that. Yeah. Right. But, but mm-hmm. only you and God know. Yeah. And God is going to tell you when enough is enough. And that's all yeah. I'm saying. Today, I can sit here and say, um, divorce is a non-negotiable. But I could be in a relationship where there may not be even adultery. I might be getting knocked upside my head every day long, right? And eventually, it may be a point to where I have to because my life depends on it. I never know what it is, but to ask me, do I believe in divorce? No. Mm -hmm. But, you know, can I say that I would never, ever, ever do it? I pray not, but I can't guarantee, you know, like I said, and I'm joking, but I do say, you know, I said this in college, I believe until death do its part. So if something go wrong, you know, check yourself. (laughs) Because yeah. somebody gonna die, <laughs> and I think also just the the narrative around divorce overall should just change because yeah. I think so many people see divorce as a failure. Right. They either see it as the as right. the first option or they see it as a failure. Mm-hmm. Right. And my parents divorced when I was about I was in middle school, high school, first like freshman in high school around that time. And you know, so many you you think of it as like, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. Maybe you guys weren't, it wasn't ordained by God. Right. Maybe you didn't do that soul searching before you got married. Yep. It didn't work out. And that's just the journey that God had you mm-hmm. on for that yep. time in your yep. life. It's not necessarily a failure. Yep. It's a completion of a journey. Yep. And I think if more people stop pressuring themselves and looking at it that way, of like, oh, I can't get a divorce because what's my family going to say? Or what's God going to yeah. say? What's this going to... And think, okay, maybe this is the end of the journey for mm-hmm. us as a couple. Maybe we fulfilled the purpose that we were supposed to fulfill, good or bad, at you know, at this point. So that's something that just, not saying that makes me think happy thoughts about divorce, but it, it lets me, it, it, it takes the dark cloud over it. And it makes it more of like, if I personally, if I was to get married, because I'm not the type to, I don't take any of this lightly, which is why I'm, God going to make that and put that perfectly together for me because Mm -hmm. I'm not with none of it so I think until death do us part and you know things happen you never know but that is my my thing if we're gonna get married we're gonna stay married and Mm -hmm. we gonna like like you're pre-married okay we're gonna figure it out how Mm -hmm. but we're gonna figure it god we're gonna figure it out so you know that's that's just me, but I again, I don't know what the what the future is gonna bring and the journey is and we have to be honest with ourselves a lot of times we go on a journey and God, pe- people are putting in life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we try to make people a lifetime decision where God was like, no, 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 that was just that was just a reason. I, it was a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I did not tell you to marry your lesson. Yeah. And then we want to get mad at God. And God was like, I ain't even ordained this marriage. You get off the roller coaster because I didn't even put you on it. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to remember a lot of times, you know, I always say, think about the yellow brick road. Sometimes we're going down this God path, but we stop and get distracted and we get off the road. Yes. Well, our blessing is right here. Our husband was right here. Mm-hmm. We got distracted right mm-hmm. here. And then we didn't get off the road. Our husband is still right here. Right. So, so I'm not saying that divorce isn't an option. 
a God-ordained marriage, a lot of times it's not going to be divorced. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is we have to be honest with ourselves. That's why I say go back to honesty is what were the signs before him? Was this really a truly a God-ordained marriage or is this something I wanted? Mm -hmm. Right. And and when we're younger, and I'm not going to say younger, sometimes older people do it because they're desperate to get married. Mm -hmm. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, really, is this who God wants me to be with? Right, and if it truly is who God wants me to be with, then I have to deal with the worst. Mm -hmm. And the worst can be those yep. things. But they won't be worse forever. Mm -hmm. And so if it's one of those things where it's a forever, ever, ever, everything, then God's probably like, I didn't tell you to be with that person. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, it was a lesson. It was for you to know not what not to do. And you mm -hmm. did it. <laughs> so yep. now get off this roller coaster, yep. get back on the road, because your husband's still waiting on you. Right. right. And so that's what we have to understand. So. You know, I hope, you know, y'all kind of get where I'm not trying to say that it's a judgment thing because it's not. I'm just saying a lot of times the divorce is because it may not even be in the ordained thing in the first place. Right. I totally agree. Right. All right. Well, this mm -hmm. this has been a really good conversation. I hope that everybody listening and watching was able to get something from that. Um, hopefully we'll have some more woman-to-woman -woman conversations with different topics. Anything that you guys think we should talk about or you'd like to hear us talk about, you can definitely put in our comments and we can we can make that happen um, we have Instagram and Twitter at YA underscore ministry underscore indie we have our YouTube is it just me the podcast and we have our Facebook new revelation and is it just me the podcast um, we're doing the breast cancer walk this Saturday rain or shine you don't feel obligated to walk in the rain but we'll be there um, and then we'll have our um, new revelation service on October 23rd and then we will have the fall fest trunk or treat on October 29th so thank you guys again for tuning in, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye.